Hey everybody, welcome to Nurse Air on Air. This is the third episode with Karen de Trinidad. And Rebecca de Trinidad. Uh, today we're going to be talking about death and dying. Mainly how you deal with it as a nurse. Okay. We're going to be talking about death and dying, how often we see it in the hospital, what we can do about it, and just kind of go from there. You know, healthcare providers see death quite a bit, and sometimes it's really hard to get over or just really hard sometimes to just um, deal with it. It takes practice to deal with it. I learned over the years. And a lot of times, whether we like it or not, we take it home with us. Yeah, we do actually. Um, I can start by telling everyone that I was intrigued by this idea when we were asked recently on social media about how do we deal with death and dying. And it was funny because I'm asked that pretty frequently, even in the hospital. Um, typically, I don't get the I don't get the chance to give my full answer because the families pretty much ask me and answer it for me. They say, "Oh, you must see it all the time," and I never really elaborate because uh, it's not the topic we really like to talk about. So, um, but it made me think about how do we deal with death and dying? And um, you asked me to come up with a couple statistics. So um, we found a couple. I found a couple that um, inpatient deaths were down, but still 60% of people die in an acute care setting. Um, that's a lot of uh, deaths. And um, some statistics where people didn't prefer to die at home, but because they get sick and it's unanticipated, they die in an acute care setting. So. What do I, what do we say about this and how do we deal with it? Um, I first started thinking about how I dealt with it as a new nurse and I typically thought I needed to stay professional. I needed to stay stoic. I needed to be there for the families. I needed to um, kind of help them along the process and try not to show too much emotion because then everyone can fall apart. I thought that was the best way to handle it. And um, it seems to me that um, I could offer sympathy, but it was hard for me to offer empathy until I, I still I dealt with it myself. What about you? When I first started, I didn't realize how many people die in front of you. I mean, you're living your life nonchalant, you know, going to school. You know, other jobs don't deal with what we deal with, but once you get into nursing, uh, nursing, or once you, you get into healthcare, you realize there's a lot of death around you, um, pretty frequently on a daily basis. Um, when I first started, what I used to do was I used to get really involved with the patient's family, so it really jacked me up mentally and physically. Uh, I get really involved, you know, take go all the way, whether it's um, crying with them. Etc. Then later on during my nursing years, I kind of held um, a distance. I was still very empathetic, but I still, but I wasn't. I didn't involve myself to the point where I can, I can get hurt, even though it still affected you. Now lately, I'm trying to incorporate a couple of things. I'm trying to get um, involved with the family to a point where, where I'm comfortable, they're comfortable, and it's not gonna affect my, my care as well. You know, when I go home and after a death, I, I usually reflect on it for a day, but after that I have to kind of move on because if not, I'm just gonna keep that mindset of 
of um, dwelling on the, on the death, and it kind of it can cause you a lot of depression. Um, it's kind of upsetting when you start doing it, right? Yeah, I go through phases. It really depends. I kind of tweak certain things uh, when it comes to that. But ultimately, you know, you're there for the patient. You're there for the family. You try to make them as comfortable as possible when when somebody's dying. Once you pass the state, the stage of you trying to take care of the patient and doing everything they can to a com to making them comfort. Uh, CMO, which is um, a thing past the ENR where the family's like, you know, let's make them comfortable, let's have them uh, die with dignity. At that point, what you need to do is just um, be there for the family because they're the ones who are going to be suffering through a hard time and kind of um, you kind of just need to help them. Obviously, right now it's, it's comforting them. It's but that's the thing with, with nursing and healthcare. It's not just about the patient. Uh, sometimes you deal more with family than you do with the patient. You know, in the ICU, when you get a patient who's chronically sick, can't speak, and is intubated on life support, you, you don't interact with the patient very much. You clean them, you give them medication, but really it's all family-based care at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when patients are dying, just as a disclaimer, we are talking, sometimes we're talking about the CMO patient, and that's an accepted death, that's an um, impending death, and then we sometimes talk about um, the coded death, which are just as hard, but the same scenario still happens when it comes to dealing with the families. Uh, we've talked about the five stages of grief with um, their denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance. In the hospital setting, we typically are going to see the denial and the anger. Um, sometimes the anger and denial go back and forth, especially with a chronically ill patient. And then the coded patient, or the patient who dies suddenly, will see that denial right away, and then the anger maybe not so much. Um, I feel that um, death is a very complex nature to begin with, regardless of it, whether it's expected or not. And um, helping the families is the biggest part. Um, part of the death and dying I found was interesting when I would take care of patients who knew they were dying. They knew and they felt, they felt a, it seemed like they felt something in them because we could see it in their face. Sometimes they could talk to me, sometimes they weren't, sometimes they were alert, but it was too much to give them sedation, otherwise their blood pressure would drop. And I remember one person in particular, we just, we communicated the whole night that she was dying and she knew it and she communicated to her family when they got there that she didn't want any more done and um, communicated very well with the ventilator um, that they did not, she did not want anything more and we made these looks and exchanges and the family understood and we ended up um, ceasing care and we, um, withdrew, we withdrew life support and she was aware the whole time and she died. She died on her own terms, uh, I'm sure she wanted to be home but that, that in itself is just as um, you know, difficult and challenging to deal with because patients, you want to give them every dignity and, and um, offer them as much support as possible for their choice. In healthcare, you kind of toe a line between life and death. And I always respect the patients who have accepted death because at that point, it's very clear to them. They know what they want and everybody, it's very black and white. A lot of times when they, patients don't know what they want or they come in come in confused and unsure, they can't even make decisions for themselves, families are questioning what they should do. Should they 
do whatever they can to keep a patient alive, or should they not and let them allow for a natural death, allow them to just die comfortably and peacefully? Those are those are really hard situations to deal with because you want to do what's best for the patient at the end of the day. Um, here's some examples: a patient can come in with never being sick and family does whatever they can to keep them alive and sometimes they're very successful and that's a good thing. Sometimes a patient comes in with a DNR form and we honor that as best as we can and that type of patient knows exactly what they want at that point. We don't try and do heroic measures because the patient pretty much knows that they are okay with, with passing away and th those are good situations. There are a lot of complicated situations as well because Patients can come in with a DNR form, which is a do not resuscitate, and families want to do whatever they can. And it's a very messy situation because you're trying to honor both family and the patients. A lot of times in those situations, you want to speak to the family and let them know that um, we want to do what's best for the patient and what the patient wants. Because if I was in those shoes, I would have wanted the family to do what I would, what I would want. Um, those are very important. Kind it's, of a different topic <clears throat> yeah. with um, death and dying as opposed to doing the right thing. But um, I think with our podcast, I wanted to address how do we deal with it. And as a brand new nurse, if you've never seen death, like I had never seen death when I first started nursing, maybe a pet, but it was, I was, um, I can pr press upon the new nurses to try to find the empathy, try to find the sympathy. You can definitely sympathize. You can offer compassion. You can offer a blanket. You can offer coffee, tissues. You can offer um, an extra chair. You can offer support, your time. Um, you, you can be there for them and kind of gauge how they are responding to you. Sometimes they don't need anything from you because they have a ton of family. But then you let them do what they do. Um, I've had families sing around the bedside. I've had families walk back and forth pacing. Um, I've had them pray. They've called their own chaplain in. But as a new as a new nurse and dealing with it for the first time, you know, if it's accepted like that, it's definitely okay. And don't take it personal. Your role is not to be the lifesaver but to be the guy with dignity provider yeah at the end of the day it's about dignity when somebody's dying you want to provide them provide the patient with that and the family with that with as much dignity as possible you're dealing with the human life and their last seconds on earth at that point you have to pretty much do whatever you can to honor them as much as possible i feel um that if you can find empathy which i've i've found as I got older, dealing with death myself when my brother died was very close. And I felt that that gave me a huge um, scope of knowledge of what to refer to as to what families might need when death occurs, between what to say. You know, silence is actually not a bad thing. Sometimes you don't need to say anything at all. I found that when you offer a hug, and you cry with them. I used to not feel comfortable with that. I felt that families didn't didn't appreciate that. But after after having that, my emotions seem to be a lot higher, and they run a little bit hotter. And I now I cry with the families. I 
I apologize for their loss and I, I give them my condolences. I cry on the phone with them if they've come. Um, I, I'm very much more raw emotionally and I found that I got a lot more response back for what they needed. And um, I was, it's easier to read their, their gestures and things after experiencing it yourself. And um, I found that families appreciated the honesty and the support. Um, they felt you were there emotionally for them. I don't know if everyone can do that. Some nurses are amazing with that empathy, and then others, you know, it takes some time. But those scenarios, to me, I want to pass on to the nurse listening that the nurse is with the family, the nurse is with the patient and the family pretty much the whole time that this happens. There's rarely an instance unless it's a coding situation and the, family, the doctors talk to the family about efforts being deceased. Otherwise, it's usually the nurse and they provide the whole scope of care for that family and patient at the time of death. Your first couple of deaths are gonna be pretty hard to deal with because you're gonna be like, what the hell do I do? You know, because all these emotions are running high inside of you. Um, you're beat, you're tired, you're questioning what you could have done. At this point, kind of just kind of let the emotions ride a little bit because you need to experience these things. And it's not going to be your first rodeo. You're going to be doing this constantly. And to last in nursing, you're going to have to learn how to deal with your emotions for the long run. Um, and not just react as soon as things happen. Short-term thinking can really mess you up big time. Mm -hmm. I found um, sometimes the patients are alone. And that's okay too. Um, take a moment to be with that patient. You're not always gonna know the exact time they die, but if you can, stay with them. You're the last person that's going to be with them on this earth that they experience forever. Yeah, on a, on a side note, death does have a way of changing your perspective on life. When you're dealing with death constantly in the work field or just in life in general, you see things differently. Big issue things or um, not big issue things, but small issue things in life go to the wayside because you tell yourself things like this don't matter because in the face of death, a lot of things don't matter. What does matter is you being there for somebody, you loving on somebody, keeping negative things away from you, keeping negative people away from you. Um, so, many th so many things don't matter in the face of death. Right. Well, um, to talk about uh, the sudden death of a patient, ones that's not unexpected, whether it's a coded situation or the patient deteriorates quickly and there's no, no, um, what's the word, expecting of that to happen, you still do the same thing. You still reach out to the families. You still tell them the situation is dire and you tell them that every effort was made. You tell them the things that they would, they need to know. They need to know that their family member was not in pain. Their family member was given every chance possible. Their family member was not alone. They were cared for the whole time. Those are very comforting statements to say. And truly they're true because if it's unexpected, it's probably something that you've been dealing with the whole shift or most, you know, some part of your shift. So those are very helpful to the families. You're going to see anger. Don't take it personal. You're going to see denial. 
they're getting it. They just can't believe it. And those are probably the two you should focus on when you're dealing with death and dying if you're having trouble dealing with the families or feeling bad or feeling like you lost and don't know what to say. Focus on dealing with the denial and the anger part. Um, families will definitely be probably showing up the most that you'll see in acute care settings. I mean, they'll be sad too. They'll be crying. Oh, yeah. Those are hard situations. I mean, it's never easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, you can be there with them. A lot of times you don't have to say anything. Just being there with them quietly, maybe holding one or just at the patient's bedside. A lot of times there's nothing to say because it's all emotion driven and just being there means a world of difference. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, when Rebecca said that sometimes families aren't there, a lot of times what we do on the phone is make sure we comfort families over the phone, let them know that you're gonna be with the patient at all times and you're gonna make sure you make them comfortable because at the, when you're with the patient and they're gonna die, the priority is making them comfortable. Families want to hear that, and that's the truth. That's what we're doing. We're making the patient comfortable so that their last seconds in life, they're not suffering, that there is some shred of dignity, in the, at least in the last couple of minutes of their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think the big takeaway from this would be that uh, you need to be real, honest, and available to your families. And empathy comes with experience. I don't know how many nurses have natural empathy that are listening. Um, me, I it, I was sympathetic until I became empathetic over time. And uh, I think that it's never easy, but it, it's actually been easier for me as I've gotten older to be real and offer the support that was needed. I still forget sometimes that we're the chaplain consult, so. <laughs> but sometimes it just, you know, happens families um, remind you of things that they need and it's very just stay comfortable don't ever seem uncomfortable because that's a vibe picked up too so go ahead to recap death is a part of so to recap everything just know death is something you're going to experience probably on the daily when you're working yeah some of the ways you can deal with it are Uh, offer support emotionally be realistic Hug them. It's okay to be in their space if they allow you. It's okay to cry with them. Be available for tissues, coffee, chairs, extra time, warm blanket. Um, Offer chaplain support. Offer information on um, what they can do next. Sometimes they leave the hospital kind of lost. So if you can give them um, some information on funeral homes if they don't have it, give them your phone number to the nursing office, give them the patient's belongings, everything that you think that they would need for closure. You can be silent with them. You allow them the time. I always err on the side of the patient's family having more time if they need the bed, I always say the family's in the, with the patient, and I let that be the priority. I mean, obviously, four hours is excess, excessive, but even an hour is, I think, acceptable. You should always think, if this was my family member, what would you have wanted? 
my grandfather passed away a couple months ago and I wish I could have had maybe an extra six hours could have driven up there down there when he died in Miami and then told him a couple of things I wanted to tell him before he passed away um, you know what would you have wanted what would you do if it was your family member how would you change your, your care for them if that was your father or your brother your sister your spouse so you got to consider that as well that it's not just some typical patient you know this is somebody's family members somebody very close to them and how you know how would it how would it be if the shoes were reversed and you were in that patient's situation or you were one of the family members dealing with that patient that's a good point a lot of, it, there's been science scientific research on stages of grief that we've studied in nursing school, even in, in prerequisites like the prior to nursing school, that go through the five stages. One of them is denial, anger, uh, bargaining, depression. depression. I'm sorry, not depression. And depression. Oh, it is depression. So, so you get denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. You don't have to necessarily go through all of them one by one. Some people skip a couple of them. Some people are just angry. Some people never accept things. Um, I wish they could have added maybe anger, uh, not anger, sadness on there because that's, you know, you're gonna, you're grieving. Everybody needs to grieve and it's not just the patients and the family. Obviously the patient's not gonna grieve because they're gonna be, um, you know, they're, they're gonna pass away, but families need to grieve. And the healthcare provider, the nurse, the doctor, they need to grieve as well. Because if they don't, there's been studies to show, well, Families, doctors, nurses, everybody needs, needs, needs time to grieve, whether that's doing it on your own time at home. Um, those are really important concepts to take in because if you don't grieve, you're going to bottle all that stuff in and it's just going to burn you out and, and you're going to make you pretty, pretty exhausted the next time you take care of a patient. Because it's, emotion, it's emotionally taxing taking care of these patients. Uh, you know, you, you can use all the logic you, you can, all the willpower you can, but at the end of the day, it's emotionally heavy. Seeing people crying in front of you, seeing somebody die in front of you, when you're cleaning the patient, putting them in a morgue bag and then taking them down to the morgue. Um, you know, sometimes you do it so often that it becomes routine, but over time that does affect you. It affects your psyche more than you would think. Yeah, um, I think that you get used to, for me, I just stayed task oriented with those kind of issues um, and I kept my emotions for, for when it was important because then I could kind of reel in my emotions with the task heavy stuff of getting the patient prepared, getting their um, belongings and chart put together, that way I can process it all and box it up in my little head and say, okay, so this is done. I have taken some deaths home with me and you know thought about it and really took it to heart and a lot of doctors I've seen do the, do that and um, like you said you deal with it for about a day and you learn from it and uh, you realize that maybe you maybe you couldn't deal with that um, from time to time so uh, you store it so the statistics of death are accurate you know people nurses deal with death every day so to recap again, nurses deal with this every day. There's a lot of things you can do to help 
deal with it, you and the family, and then some things to take home is definitely do a lot of self-care. Because if you don't, again, you're going to burn yourself out. Mm -hmm. Self-care. Meditate, read, read the Bible, pray, work out, talk to a friend, have a glass of wine, watch a funny show, Venting. whatever it is. Venting is also a big thing. You need to let it out. You can't just bottle this stuff in. Find somebody you can trust, a mentor that can help you. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we just want to let you know where we are on our social media so you can follow us and get all your daily content and information, motivational stuff and educational stuff. Um, I'm on TikTok at Aaron de Trinidad, A-A-R-O-N-D-E-T-R-I-N-I-D-A-D. You can also find me on LinkedIn with the same name, Aaron de Trinidad. You can reach me at my Hotmail as well in case you want to uh, message me for anything, Aaron de Trinidad at Hotmail.com. And I also have a Twitter account, which is Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, the letter V as in Valentine, R as in Romeo, and then N as in Nancy. So you can catch me there. I have um, Twitter as well at uh, Rebecca Roberts at BR Roberts. And I have a Facebook page called Becoming a Better Nurse. So look me up, follow my page. I have all kinds of fun stuff I'm uploading daily. And uh, if you have any questions or any concerns or um, anything, just please message us. We definitely want to hear from you. And if you have any, you know, if, if there's some questions or issues with um, anything we can fix, we're welcome to hear anything and everything. So please uh, drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you guys. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Yes, as much feedback as possible. Yes. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye.